Hello and welcome to the uh, the Growth Adventure podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Appel. I'm thrilled to be joined today by indie uh, creative and entrepreneur, S. McKee. S, welcome. Hello. Thank you. Now for the, the GNA employees or, or people who frequent the Starbucks at 15th and Capitol, you will be seeing uh, S's work on the side of our building here uh, over the next month. I was thrilled to get her to agree to putting work together to promote, you know, welcome to Indy, kind of a, a broader indie cultural scene as the eyes of the world would be on Indianapolis for uh, the month of March and early April. So uh, with that, S, welcome. And, you know, I kind of specifically referred to you as a creative and not necessarily as an artist, because at least to me, there's a distinction kind of between being an artist and being a creative. And I'd love to kind of start that off with you kind of sharing a little bit about your background, how you got from, hey, creating things is something I'm really passionate about to being an entrepreneur as well as an artist. Yeah, I, I would consider myself a creative and and of course, an artist. I don't I don't really have a problem with either term, but creative um, for me kind of encompasses a whole lot more and doesn't really put me in any particular box. I like to delve into mixed media. Really, I got my start as a graphic designer and I have actually been a graphic designer for a long time, over a little over 10 years. And I used to work for a publishing company and then I decided, okay, I just kind of want to do this. I was doing it on the side for myself and then I decided, okay, let me see what it looks like for me to do the same stuff for myself by myself. So I did that maybe about seven years ago. Uh, then it's just been baby steps from there, like blossoming into the whole visual arts part of it, involving like acrylics and painting and taking the digital and making it into a mural and here and there. And the more confident I became, the more I decided that I can probably do this for for life. <laughs> Well, I, you know, I, I think, you know, if you talk to most entrepreneurs, they get into whatever their venture is because of their own personal passion. And I'd be curious to get your thoughts as somebody who's taken that plunge. At what point did you feel like, yeah, this is something that I can do on my own? And I guess, do you have any thoughts or advice of, of lessons learned that you would say, you know, if there's somebody out there who's currently working, you know, name your industry, but really wants to try to start their own thing from your own experience, what lessons learned would you like to share? Well, um, I think what drove me to do it on my own was kind of the monotony of going to work and doing these amazing projects, but I was getting burnt out doing it for another <laughs> company <laughs> um, and not knowing like exactly who my clients were and just kind of getting the, getting the paperwork, hey, create this. And I felt like a robot, so to speak. So um, there were a, a bunch of us called print artists. And so we just would go there, do our thing. And the projects that I was doing on my own on the side were a lot more creative. I got to interact with the people that wanted these logos, these posters, whatever, and build a relationship. And it didn't feel so much like I was just a robot <laughs> again. Um, so... Once I decided that I wanted to build relationship rather than just be a designer, then I try to take the steps to create my client base, you know, ask these people if they knew other people. I joined business groups 
so that I could promote also my graphic design side, but also letting them know, hey, I have this uh, more creative side. So a lot of it had to do with building my network first Mm -hmm. and knowing that or making sure that I had people to call on when I was ready to take that jump. So for me, like I would really say that would be first talking to friends, talking to family, talking to people that you've worked with in the past and seeing if they or anyone they know would be interested in the services that you provide. And, and I think I know the, the answer to this follow-up question, but any regrets? Uh, not a, no, not at the moment. <laughs> I mean, it definitely gets tough, um, but it's never gotten to the point where it's like, I wish I never did this. Or, uh, I mean, there might be little steps along the way that I wish that I had done differently. Um, and, you know, I can pick those out here and there, but in the grand picture, I would, I wouldn't say there are any regrets. <laughs> uh, I suspected that was going to be the answer, but I uh, had, had to ask the question. Right. So I want to kind of uh, pick up on something that you touched on there, which is a little bit about creativity as well as the creative process. And as someone who both creates art personally, you know, to, to tell a story or to express whatever it might be that you personally are passionate about, do you find that that work informs your commercial work or do you find that sometimes your commercial work informs your own personal work? Or I am probably not articulating that really well, but just kind of curious how that tension balances. I, I really feel like it, it actually has taken me a long time to, to find that, that balance. And, and, you know, if I, I am, you know, receiving the question the way that you have posed it, Am I doing the projects that coincide with the creative side that I that I want? And that that really had a whole lot to do with myself letting people know what it is that that I do or what I offer. And in the beginning, it especially from the graphic design side, it was like I do everything. I can do logos, I can do posters, flyers, whatever, whatever you want. And there was no um, specific area that I, that I focused on. And, um, and I think I was afraid to say, well, you know, yeah, I can do that, but I think, um, I would be better suited for this, not for your project. Uh, and eventually when I got to that point, it was easier for me to like merge, like, this is the creative part of what I do. And this is how I will bring it to your project. And this is what makes me unique because I have this you know, artist background to add to whatever it is commercially that you might be looking for. Hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I think it does. And, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think kind of one of the things that I'm hearing you say is it's been a journey for you to feel like the work you're presenting is authentically you, no matter whether it's something you're you know, maybe you're creating it for a show or maybe you're just creating for yourself or you're creating it for a client. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It it has grown and blossomed from creating, just creating something to creating something that is me for someone else or even for myself. Being able to have a piece of myself in that um, whenever someone would see whatever the creation is. Yeah. Now, 2020 was a year for a lot of us, right? 
not to you know put you on the spot, but for those who might view your Instagram feed, 2020 was a very busy year for you from both from a creative standpoint, but also from a, the breadth of topics that you address both with your commercial work as well as some of your, you know, your own personal work. And for those of you in the Indianapolis area, S is one of the artists who created the Black Lives Matter mural on Indiana Avenue. So obviously that was one project, actually a very interesting collaborative project, right? I mean, because there were 18 artists that participated in that that had to figure out a way to authentically express your own artistic vision, but in a cohesive piece. I mean, one, I'd like to talk about, you know, the year as well, just to kind of get your your take on all the things that you were personally involved in, but also from a creative standpoint, I'd just, I'd be fascinated to how that actual work came together. Because again, you've got 18 people with 18 different ideas that have to create something cohesive. Well, as far as 2020, yeah, there's <laughs> there's not really one word I can... I can put it all into, um, but as a creative, you know, the first several months, um, I don't know, it, it was like such an emotional roller coaster. Um, you know, January, February, like I felt like I was on top of the world. I had new opportunities. Um, come March, those opportunities started to dwindle. <laughs> and, you know, March through, you know, May or June, it was like a, a figuring out of how to navigate the world as a human, as well as as an artist. But you know, uh, still finding a place and a voice with within a lot of the uh, even the social unrest that was going on. So when the Black Lives Matter mural um, idea came up, I was contacted and. You know, we we all spoke, got to meet some of the other artists involved. And for like, I, there wasn't a doubt for me whether or not it would it would be great or that it would flow. Like I had admired many, if not all of the artists from a, a distance for a while. And some of them I knew, you know, very closely and personally. So it was just like, OK, like this is the biggest collaborative project I've ever worked on, but it's it's going to be it's going to be an inspiring and important moment. So really, we didn't, none of us discussed with each other, really, uh, what we were going to do. Uh, it was just, hey, put a piece of yourself in this mural. And and that's what we all did. And it, it definitely shows the uniqueness of each individual, of each artist in each letter. And I happen to put in some of the art that I had already been working on, a, a part of a project that I was working on within my my letter on the mural. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I, I'll just, you know, speak for myself as somebody who grew up in Indianapolis and felt like I was kind of plugged into the cultural scene. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I was not aware of truly the depth of diversity, both in backgrounds as well as medium of the Indianapolis art scene. I mean, I guess as somebody who's been deeply involved in it, what would you like people to know about the Indianapolis art scene that you feel like people either aren't aware of or have a mis misconception around? Really, probably the biggest thing would be that some of the best artists aren't shown in the galleries that you frequent, you know, and some of the, the well-known galleries or uh, the most popular spots do not uh, always hold 
some of the hidden gems here in the city. So I think it would definitely move anyone that wants to branch out to research, you know, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and see who those, who even those big, more well-known people are connected to because they have a community of, of other artists that are doing things uh, in different areas, in different places, and to different uh, scales and degrees. So I think that that would probably be the first thing. Like there are great things happening like on, you know, East 10th Street, but you don't, that's not the first place that comes to mind when you think of like art and culture, but that's what they're growing to try to be and become. And um, and if you venture that way and connect with artists that are connected to that, then it'll start to grow and you'll start to see like, wow, there, there's a lot here. Yeah, like I, so again, self-admitted, I'm not like the biggest social media person, but, you know, even in my like novice use of Instagram and, and other social media platforms, I've been really impressed by how much mutual promotion the arts community gives. Like, you know, you would think to a certain degree it'd be competitive, right? Because you're competing for either audience or patrons or whatever it might be. But at least in my observation, it, it seems to be a community that really embraces promoting each other's backgrounds and stories and, and work. So, I, I mean, I guess to, to kind of follow up on your East 10th Street point, while we can certainly publicly shame the galleries that should be displaying more diverse works that aren't, let's let's start by promoting, you know, the galleries or, or venues where where our listeners can can go to really discover some of these amazing works that are, are out there and just are underrepresented. Very true. Um, I mean, Hoi Polloi Gallery, right off 10th Street. Um, and then there's 10 East Arts that's not far from the, the John Bonner Community Center. They're trying to activate that space a whole lot. And then you have you know, Cathead Press over there is like independently owned screen printing company, but they do so much for the community there at of artists. Like they promote artists there. Like I said, Hoy Polloi promotes a lot of independent artists, both locally and nationally. So though I think those are at least three places that people can start on the um, on the east side. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And again, I don't I don't want to put you on the spot. And if you don't want to address this, that, that's fine. But, you know, kind of one of the themes, hopefully, of this conversation is the idea of representation, not just from artists, but also the content that's created. Right. So whether it's diverse books or you know diverse depictions in visual arts or the performing arts or music, shame on me for not knowing this, but I, I presume you're an Indianapolis native. Is that true? Uh, I'm actually in Arizona. Ah, OK. There we go. Bad, <laughs> bad speaker research. Shame on me. So. Uh, I do know you're a Ball State grad, though. So did you, is that, was that your first exposure to kind of the broader central Indiana region? Um, being at Ball State? Uh, I think so. Uh, I think so. My my mother was from Indiana and I would frequent, you know, northern Indiana quite often. But uh, Ball State was probably the first time that I even, that I got to delve in. <laughs> so to speak. Coming from, you know, having visited the state, but then kind of coming here more as a permanent resident initially in college, and now this is your home, you know, I, I, I guess kind of with that outsider's lens, how do you see the city and the region 
you know, changing the time that you've been here? And, you know, do you have any reason for optimism that, you know, some of the, 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 the broader movement that started happening in 2020 is going to, to stick? And again, I don't want to put you on the spot. And if you don't want to answer it, that's fine. But you, you're on the ground. So you're much better positioned than I, than I am because I've, I've lived here my whole life. And so I'm, I'm kind of honestly biased around it. You know, uh, so when I first started to venture out into the art scene, uh, Mass Ave was the spot. Mm-hmm. They had First Friday, there was Idata, and, you know, you can walk all along on First Friday, go to the open galleries and step into the shops and things. And it was fun, but also it wasn't very diverse. And I also be like being not from here, I didn't know where else that I could go to see art yet or to experience and meet other creative people. It, w- it took a lot of my own footwork because as far as I knew at that time, there there was the Indianapolis Contempula- Contemporary Museum of Art. And I would um, visit there every now and then, maybe the Arts Council, but there wasn't one place, like one resource that I knew of at that time that I could say, hey, like, where are the other galleries or what other artists are there? What are they doing? And a lot of the art along Mass Ave was like fine art. And maybe I wanted to see more of something different. So from that time to like now, I can say that it has spread out a whole lot more throughout the city and it, it is not focused to one strip of, of the city. And there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more public art that I, that I notice. a lot of more interactive art that engages the public more than just the public having to go to and find it's there. You're already seeing it. And then it encourages you to reach out and figure out what else you can see that's kind of like that. I can hope that, you know, especially after everything that happened last year, that that it can stick and that it will. I know there are groups that have been doing the work for a long time before everything that happened in 2020 and um, they're showing their consistency. And I just hope that other uh, organizations will just latch on and keep it moving. I, I, I couldn't agree more on that to, you know, to your conversation about kind of art spreading throughout the city. I wholeheartedly agree with, with you on that. I mean, you know, everything from your, your work at the Alice Carter park, I mean, things like that, where, I mean, I drove by that drab building. I couldn't tell you how many thousands of times in my life. And it, we really was only after your work was up there. I was like, Oh, wow, there's a park here. That's, that's cool. So what, uh, do you have any, any other, public projects in the work for 2021 that you'd like to kind of let people know about maybe any shows or any, you know, works of public art, uh, such as the Alice Carter one that, that we should be aware of. Mm, I, I am in conversation with some organizations and I, I can't really talk on it yet cause it's not secured, um, fully, but as far as the, the public art, but I can say that there, there are a couple of things that are, that are currently out there, um, at New York and and Rural, I have a, a piece that's up and it's gonna be up there until May, I believe. If not if not longer, hopefully it gets to stay a little bit longer. And it's called Shining Light. 
So it's like just a, a big signage piece. Other than that, I do have a virtual show with the Purdue Black Cultural Center that's happening in April. But I am trying to secure a couple more local public mural pieces. And, you know, thank, thank you again for like reaching out because uh, this is this definitely helps me to grow my grow my confidence as well as, I guess, my uh, visibility. We're, we're, we're thrilled and honored to have, have your piece on our building. Um, and, you know, for those of you out here who are, aren't familiar with us, I'd highly encourage you to check out her her social. If for no other reason than I, I you do a, an amazing job of kind of illustrating how the creative process works. And just from that perspective alone, it's fascinating. So before we wrap up, and I've, I got a couple more softball questions for you here, but uh, we're, we're going to get into the uh, the lightning round here. So there are no wrong answers, only slow answers. So with that said, if I got an SS car, what, what is your radio on? Uh, I, I have my Spotify coming on and I'm probably playing some, some old school jams. <laughs> um, I don't know. So Grover Washington Jr., uh, Maze and Frankie Beverly. If it's not that, then it's something that I can dance to like electronic music. So it's like all across the board. <laughs> so what book is on your bedside table or what, what book is on your e-reader? Ooh, uh, I do have All About Love by Bell Hooks right next to my bed right now. So I'm in the process, process, process of reading that. Right. Um, cats or dogs? Dogs. <laughs> right. uh, there's, again, there are no wrong answers. Um, and then uh, last one, a little bit more serious is... Uh, what is one of the best pieces of advice that you've ever been given? I would say it is to create for myself and not for the public. Um, and if I if I am to keep in mind that I want to create based on what is popular or what people want, then I will be very unhappy very quickly. <laughs> well, that's great advice and kind of gets back to your earlier comment about um, having having your work be authentically you, whether it's, it's commercial or whether it's personal. So, um, so before we wrap up here, S, um, could you, could you share with us maybe some ways people can learn more, both about your own personal creative work that, that might be displayed in the gallery as well as your, your commercial work? Well, uh, sure. I am on Facebook at S McKee art, uh, Instagram at S McKee. My website is imsmckee.com. Yeah, you see me around somewhere in one of those places. Hopefully we can wave at each other in person. <laughs> soon enough, soon enough. We'll put it all in the show notes as well, both the, the galleries that you promoted earlier as well as, as your own um, uh, digital presence. But uh, just for those listening, uh, it's E-S-S McKee, not the letter S McKee. So uh, S, it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. Um, I've really enjoyed the conversation. Um, like I said, thrilled to have your work up on our building. And I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, look forward to actually meeting you physically in person, hopefully before too long. So uh, with that, again, S, thank you very much. And uh, we will sign off. Stay safe, everyone. Thanks so much, Andrew.